Growing the Game with Ballsy is a podcast dedicated to growing the game of football in Saskatchewan. Each week, Michael Ball will talk with rider guests, but he'll also highlight amateur athletes, coaches, and builders in this province growing the game we love. Now, here's Ballsy. And I am Ballsy, and hey, thanks for your support of this podcast. We're headed into our sixth year of this labor of love, and thanks to the sponsors that are helping me continue this venture. One of the title sponsors, Regina Sports Performance Center at 1464 Broadway Avenue in Regina, a training center for elite athletes here in the Queen City and surrounding area. The facility features an on-site veteran therapist in Scott Anderson. They have a 50-yard football-slash-soccer field. Three-on-three basketball courts that can be converted to pickleball courts, and they've got a great workout and cardio facility. Our first quarter is brought to you by Face First Medical Aesthetics above Gabos on Dudney Avenue. Beat back father time in a naturally looking way with Crescinda. Book at facefirst.com. My first guest is the Executive Director of Football Canada, Shannon Donovan, who's talking about a great weekend involving women's football coming up in May in Ottawa. How are you today, Shannon? I'm very well, and you? I'm doing great. Uh, I understand we got a celebration of women's football coming to Canada in May. Can you expand on that for us? <laughs> that we do. Uh, yeah, we're very excited about it. So we have, uh, starting off on May 5th, the women uh, coming out to try out for Team Canada, our women's tackle team for the 2022 World Championship are going to arrive. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start... So they'll start with some meetings that night and then they have two days of on-field camp. And then from there, we'll identify the top 70 that will play in a red-white game um, on the Sunday. Um, And we also are going to be featuring our inaugural um, collegiate flag football championship with uh, 10 women's teams from across the country that will compete for the national title. Um, And we'll be doing some other things with the local community around the Ottawa area, um, as well as Team Ontario Women's Under 18 will have their ID camp at the same time. So. Wow, wow, busy time. Busy time at Carleton yeah. University. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> I'm intrigued by this uh, flag football, collegiate flag football uh, competition. It, Regina's got some mm-hmm. flavor in that too. That's uh, that's that's really neat. Flag football is a great um, great conduit for the game of football. Absolutely, yeah. It's a uh, very inclusive as far as uh, reaching some groups that uh, might not be able to uh, field a tackle team. It has, we are, we've seen significant growth on the women's side as well as just the overall growth of flag football in the country um, because it is it's just low cost. It's easy to find a field and get together and play. So it's, it's reached some groups that just thought that they wouldn't be able to play football um, so it's, it really is um, a great way to start the game and see that if you have a passion for it and then from there you can stick with it until wherever brings you to a world championship and hopefully someday the Olympics or you can uh, move to our tackle stream, which obviously there are a lot of opportunities there between um, the various senior leagues in the country and CFL and U sports and international play with team Canada. So yeah, there's, it does provide an opportunity to the sport that wasn't there before. I've already, I've always said this, you know, uh, you can grow this game in a number of ways, but especially uh, indigenous people, first Canadians, new Canadians and women. And uh, you know, it mm-hmm. seems like the game of football for females has never been stronger. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And you got to touch on a, one of our program grants that we had this past year with uh, our first down program, which was focused on the Indigenous communities, girls and women, as well as uh, new Canadians in the country. So, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely helped uh, the women's game, both on the tackle and flag side. And um, we've seen success internationally and we've seen our national championships grow and we've seen, yeah, different communities uh, participate in football that might not ever have either as, like you said, new Canadians or women or in the Indigenous communities. You know, Shannon, you touched on it there, the, the flag football angle, the Olympics, that's a nice little carrot to dangle in front of both men and women. <laughs> I, like, you know what I mean? The, especially the females, you get a chance to go, maybe eventually develop your skills and you could play at an Olympic level. But, but sure, and that's ultimately the International Federation's goal that they're working on uh, quite quite hard at right now as far as getting that recognition so that we can um, either be a demonstration sport or a participant sport at the 2028 Olympics in L.A. And, or in Cal- yeah, in L.A. Yeah. Um, so that is, that is the ultimate goal of the International Federation, and obviously all the nations want to want to be able to bring that to their participants, the opportunity to be at the Olympics, which is something that has it's been a, a challenge with football because um, tackle football, just the, the number of players and the length of our tournaments make it a little bit more challenging, whereas flag is, is easy. It's an easy tournament event. Mm-hmm. So uh, how long have you been involved in the game of football, Shannon, and what do you like about this sport? Uh, well, I've <laughs> uh, I've been with Football Canada for about 15 years now, and um, my dad was is a huge huge fan of the CFL, and I'll say the Tie Cats. Sorry, um, that's just the <laughs> team, and <laughs> um, and but uh, and a super great supporter of the NCAA. He's a big Alabama fan, mm-hmm. um, and I and I think like when I. What I've learned through my time um, watching as well as being part of it is with Football Canada is just the inclusivity, uh, the ultimate team sport um, is is bang on. Like I, it is, it is a, it's a great culture. Like I just, the, the people involved in the sport and the, pa- the, pe- the passion that people have that come to the games is just, it's like no other sport um, that I've been part of. Um, and I just, yeah, I've just grown to to love the sport more and appreciate and respect the sport and everything that it it offers to our participants, the coaches, the athletes, the officials. Like it's just, it really is different than most sports, and 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 hopefully more and more people will be able to experience it and realize what really football has to bring that they can't get in any other sport. Well, we're all excited for Football Canada and the inaugural National Women's Football Weekend, May 5th to 8th at Carleton University in our nation's capital. Shannon Donovan, thanks for your time. Thank you. I appreciate this. And the second quarter of Growing the Game with Ballsy is brought to you by Paul Waldo at Royal LePage in Regina. If you want to get in the real estate game with the three-time Grey Cup champ, give him a call at 306-502-5355. Well, we just had the CFL Combine in the run-up to the draft coming up here, and Ryder Varga of the U of R Rams did take part in it, although he's decided that he's going back to school and play one more year with the University of Regina Rams. I recently caught up with Ryder. How did you find the Combine experience, Ryder? 
Uh, it was awesome. It was um, a pretty quick four days. Uh, I thought it would go by a lot a lot slower than it did, but uh, super happy that I got to experience it, and it's something that I'll, I'll never forget for sure. What was the biggest eye-opener? Uh, I don't know, just how skilled everybody is there. and the, There's some really good players across Canada. You know, you only see the Can West guys most of the time, but uh, everybody can play ball. How did the Can West guys and one Ryder Varga match up, do you feel? Uh, I would say, I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but I think we performed pretty well. I would say we we like to pride ourselves on thinking we're the best uh, football conference in Canada, and I think uh, some of our top-end guys are, are really up there. So guys like Noah Zer and, and Adam Mackard, I think, did really well, even though they're, they're U of S guys. They've got to give them their props. <laughs> How was and, that? Uh, How was that in terms of hanging out with all those guys, not competing against them, but in terms of on the field, like banging heads in a game situation? But what was it like being with them, uh, you know, in the drills and hanging around? Uh, well, actually, at the room with Noah Zer, so that was, um, you know, we we fought like crazy the first night, but you know, we worked it out and we were, we're pretty good, pretty good buddies by the end of it. So no, <laughs> they're 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 good guys. Um, yeah. You know, you hate them on the field, but they're actually all like you know. Just regular guys from Saskatchewan, just good guys. Yeah. Uh, how was the interview process for you, Ryder Varga? Uh, it was really good. Um, nothing too, nothing too crazy. No really like outlandish questions. I would say just they just kind of want to know you as a person, um, what drives you, and uh, what you think you can be as a football player. So, uh, but I understand you're going back to school. Tell us the reasoning behind that decision. Uh, yeah, so I just have three classes left for my uh, environmental engineering degree, but they're only offered in the fall semester. Like that's the only they can't take them in like the spring. You can't take them in the winter. Those those are the final three classes I have, and they're only offered in the fall. So uh, I would just like to make sure that I have my degree done. You know, I don't want to be like 32 and then I'm trying to get an entry level engineering job. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and the thing is, is no no disrespect to the CFL, but it stands for cash flow low. It's not like you're giving up a chance at millions in the NFL, right? So, yep. uh, what, what what were the team's, uh, uh, I guess, uh, opinions or thoughts when you told them, "Hey, I'm planning to go back to school"? Or did they know that when you were uh, going through this combine process? Uh, yeah, I made sure to tell them all. Um, most of them asked, but even if they didn't, I just wanted to tell them, just be upfront. So, hey. For that to be like a, you know, it was kind of a big decision. So mm-hmm. um, they're all pretty, pretty uh, okay with it, and a lot of them understand like um, the reality of it. That like you know, football isn't forever, and like not you know, not many guys have to be like a twenty-year CFL player. So mm-hmm. um, most of them are pretty understanding and accepting of it. Maybe a couple were um, more on like the disappointed side, but I, they're uh, they understand as well. Did you uh, do you feel like is that affecting your draft stock? Uh, do you feel? Um, I mean, yeah, I probably won't get drafted in the first first couple rounds just because of that. You, you know, you need guys to draft a linebacker early. You want them to be, um, you know, on all four major special teams like right away for you. So, yeah, I'll probably probably lower. But really, if you're not if you're on the first round, you're really not missing out on on a ton of money uh, differential in your first contract. You know, it isn't like the NFL where you get like a huge signing bonus for being first overall. Yeah, that's the that's the thing, and I've talked about that with other guys. It's even in the first round. It's not like it's not like you're giving up oodles and oodles of money. So that probably made the decision a little easier, right? Yeah, you know, if there's like maybe an extra ten million on the table, my 
might sway my decision, but yeah, all of a sudden Ryder Vargas going to school at 32. He doesn't really yeah. care. He doesn't really care. Right. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So does that mean, sorry, uh, help me out here with all the football guys I talked to. So do you have another year of eligibility with the Rams? Like you, you can play another year. Like I could, I'm eligible for two more years. Okay. Because of COVID, but I, I'll just be coming back for this one last, uh, one last ride. Yeah. And how do you feel about your team uh, as you come back for this one last ride, so to speak? Uh, it's good. We're, we just have, um, like winter camp practices this week. So we've been practicing from, uh, 6 30 to 8 20, uh, for the past couple of mornings. And this weekend we have, uh, two more practices. So it's good. You know, guys are just getting, uh, getting the rest off a little bit and just trying to get a little bit better before uh, before spring camp at the end of the month. Well, we talked about this last time we had you on. It's not like you guys are, like the record wouldn't suggest it, but you guys aren't that far away. Like you gassed three games for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, you gotta, you get, I, I think you should be, you could be an under the radar team this year. I mean, I hope we're under the radar. I think last year we kind of, uh, you know, you looked at the roster and you, you expected some big things from us. I don't think I would, you know, fault people for doing that, but I think it's better that we just keep our head down, don't really, don't really listen to what people have to say if they want to project us at, at one and I guess it would be one and seven this year. Whatever, mm-hmm. let them do it. We're just going to put our head down, work, and try and close out some football games. Mm-hmm. Lastly, Ryder Varga, overall after the combine, the interview, the workouts, uh, comparing yourself with those down east, do you feel like you do have a pretty good chance at a future in professional football if you decide to go that route? Uh, yeah, I do for sure. I mean, I'm I'm not the most, um, I wouldn't say I'm overconfident, but I'm pretty realistic in what I think I am. And I think I'm a pretty good football player with, with some high, uh, high intangibles and high smarts. And I think any team that, that takes a chance on me is going to be happy with uh, what they get. Hey, I got one more question for you. How is the U of R Rams football program viewed by CFL personnel? Like, do, can you get really a, a a handle or a sense on how they view the little small town school on the prairies? Uh, I, not much. The closest thing I got was a question um, asked, like, how is it going from such like a, a high profile team or like you know, well-performing team in the boldest in high school to, to the Rams. So I don't know if that was just a day that we haven't won many games or what it was, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. not a lot of them were, were trying to, like, bash the U of R or anything. A lot of them are good to our friends with uh, the coaches here at the U of R, so I doubt they'd, I doubt they'd uh, bash us too much. I, I've talked to a few guys like Haggerty and Borsa and their interview process. One question that got brought up, I wonder if it got brought up to you, would you be okay with moving away? Because some some Western kids, even some Eastern kids, they don't like to come way west, and some guys don't like to go way west, way east. Did you get asked that question? Yeah, I think every team asks me that question, honestly. Just being from Saskatchewan, I think it's kind of like a, they just automatically, some of them are like, oh, well, you're going to play for us for three years, and then you're just going to sign with the Riders right away. So mm-hmm. you got to try and, you know, shut that down and tell them that, you know, you're committed to, to whatever team that drafts you, and, um, keeping an open mind but i think every single team asked me like something along that lines was there one i know you grew up in regina rider supporter probably was there one team that you uh maybe weren't they weren't on your radar but after sitting with them you're like oh yeah that's that's kind of cool i respect that organization more than i i normally would Mm, i wouldn't really say that i had like a closed mind to any teams going into the combine like or any of the interviews but um 
the first question Ottawa asked me was about my favorite pizza place in Regina. So, you know, that bumped them up on my board. They got their, they got their priorities straight. There you go. Yeah. Pizza, man. Pizza and pizza and beer in Saskatchewan. That's how we roll. Hey, Ryder, uh, thanks for uh, taking time out of your schedule. Good luck in your studies and in your last year with the Rams. And I'm eager to see uh, how high you go in the CFL draft. Have yourself a great night. Thank you. You as well, Ballsy. And it's time to kick off this second half of episode 326 of Growing the Game with Ballsy. We're going to recognize another title sponsor. How about Advantage Collision in Saskatoon and Prince Albert? Your SGI accredited auto body repair shop. They're a family owned and certified collision care OEM approved auto body shop. They provide comprehensive service as part of a worldwide network of best in class collision repair shops. Their customer service team can manage the entire process on your behalf to ensure everything you need is taken care of. Their high-performing, technically advanced team of auto body experts knows how to deliver exceptional workmanship and service in the shortest time possible. You could choose Advantage Collision because they care about your safety. And thanks to Ben Garro and his group for getting on board. He is a big-time supporter of football at all levels in this province. Our third quarter is brought to you by Hammer Time Roofing, Saskatoon's only certified roofing business. They specialize in GAF, CertainTeed, and Malarkey roofing products and offer a manufacturer's warranty. Give Kevin Welsh a call at 306-262-ROOF. Time to catch up now with Claire Dore. She is going to accomplish a first, the first female head coach of the U18 Saskatchewan squad. And she's also a high school basketball coach over at Belfer. Absolutely. There are plenty of similarities with um, all sorts of the things we do, um, you know, from talking about spacing, and, and which in basketball it would be how I would talk about my old sense of our defensive sets, where we talk about field position and those sorts of things. Um, you know, just the same way I, we talk with my receivers about blocking and, and our running backs about reading our blockers' backsides, right? Take our screens, set good screens below, go to, the, go to your teammates' backside, right? There's a lot of ways you can make those transitions, right? Quick feet, body position. Um, I, I try and take all the skill sets I get on one and, and, and use it in the other as often as I can. Now, your other hat, or helmet, should I say, is football. And you've been involved in various levels, different, uh, different levels of football, but, and a player too. But now, for the first time ever, the first female head coach of the U18 team in the, in the Football Sask program, and it's Claire Dore. How does that feel? You know, it is an honor to be uh, given such a, such a title and, and to be put in that conversation where, where, you know, the word first is put in front of it. Um, and I'm just so lucky to be, um, you know, a part of this program. So first, does it mean a lot to you? Like, I know you said you're honored, or would you rather just be considered a football coach? Or is it cool to be considered the first female head coach? I, I think both are true. Um, you know, we're just days days past, uh, you know, International Women's Day and recognizing how much work has gone into that, that equality piece and that recognition of, uh, what women are out there doing and how hard how hard we're working to be um, seen in the same vein as as our male counterparts, and so I think it's still important that I'm recognized as the first female in this particular position. But absolutely, I do want to be seen just as a football coach, 
Um, I do the same things any other football coach would do on the field. I, I hope some of them I even do better than certain other football coaches on the field. I won't work in hard. I'm, I'm seeking out uh, opportunities to coach and train and, and improve all the time. Um, and I hope that all, all of the other football coaches out there are doing the same thing. Football has been dominated by men. That's no secret. So do you think you have to work a little bit harder for credibility? Um, well, the women's game hasn't been around the same sort of level and, and competition as the men's game has been. So it, it is a growing process. Um, do, I, do I have to work harder? Uh, I'm not sure. I am only five years into this gig um, of, of actually coaching football, and I'm coaching both men and women when I'm coaching football. And it's just going to take time for, for some women to get recognition for their years of experience and the training that they're doing to be put in those same conversations as uh, those male counterparts who have been around longer. Claire, what coach or coaches have you looked up to in your time to get to where you are? Um, you know, the, the Riot has had some phenomenal coaches throughout my career. Um, and so I give credit to all of those coaches from our day one with the Riot. Um, all the way through to today, all of those coaches have have had a lasting impact on me and um, inspired me to be able to step into that coaching role and given me the confidence to start there. Um, I would be remiss in not mentioning Ryan Hall, who was the coach who started the Regina Victorias and then passed that torch on to me to continue. Um, but there have been many coaches, those are the ones you know, specific to football, but my previous basketball coaches, um, many in the province would recognize the name Lisa Tamiatis, who mm-hmm. coached me and, and taught me a great many things about what it takes to be a high-quality coach. So um, I typically don't like name-dropping because I hate forgetting one, uh, but there are, there are many coaches out there who have been an inspiration for sure. So, Claire Dory, how, describe yourself as a coach to uh, my listeners here on the Sports Cage. Um, I, I would hope that I would be described as a dedicated coach, a passionate coach and a coach that leads um, with a growth mindset and with um, with what players can accomplish and giving them that belief in themselves and the skill sets to follow through. And of course, you can't coach uh, a girls basketball team and then switch hats or helmets and coach a football team without a support system because you've got a young, uh, young daughter at home, I believe Callie's her name. Uh, so maybe give a shout-out to your significant other because we always hear this from coaches, and, and I, I speak to mostly men coaches, but women coaches too. you got a support system at home. Absolutely, I do. It's a small but uh, uh, mighty crew. My spouse, Pam, is at home uh, with Callie and uh, makes everything possible. And we talked to Regina's own Mark Mueller, offensive assistant with the Calgary Stampeders. Mules, how are you? I'm doing well, Ballsy. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you being on, man. Who's your favorite Boston Bruin, Mark Mueller? Uh, currently, I'm a big Brad Marchand fan. Obviously, <laughs> fits in with the way that the Bruins are and the overall being a pest that I like. So, uh, he's currently uh, he's the, he's the favorite of mine. That is good, uh, Mark. Uh, how's the off season gone there in Cowtown? I hope bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been good. Uh, it's been. It's been nice getting back at kind of a uh, a normal off season. You know, we kind of feel mm-hmm. like we've not like it's uh, we don't have a lot of time, but it's more cramped after we had like essentially eighteen months or twenty months in between the last two. So uh, it's a little more hectic than you than than what I'm used to. But it's been uh, it's been lots of fun and uh, looking forward to camp starts in just about a month. So I you know can't wait. And the guys are working hard and 
uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to rookie camp on May 11th. So let me ask you a weird question. Try not to laugh too much. What has what has Bo Levi Mitchell taught you? Now that sounds weird because you're a coach, or maybe it's a better way to uh, to phrase it. Has Bo Levi Mitchell taught you anything? Oh, I think so. I think even as a coach, it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter who you're coaching. You always learn something from the players, whether it's a new way to look at something or a new way to uh, communicate. And uh, I've been lucky enough that I've been in that office since 2015, whether it was with uh, Dave as the coordinator or uh, Ryan Dinwiddie uh, as the quarterback coach and now Pat Delmonico as the coordinator. So I've been in a lot of these quarterback meetings with that Bo sat in in the morning, and I was uh, lucky enough to uh, to sit in there. And I think Bo brings a different outlook to the game than certain other players. They're in and you know you can. It's always good to remember what it, uh, what plays, and what they look like from standing at the position of quarterback. Because the further you get away from actually standing there, and it's been a long time for me, uh, the harder the harder it is to envision that. So I think that's something you always have to remember. And I'm you know I'm lucky to have a guy like uh, like Bo there that's that stood there and seen all the defenses uh, over ten years, and he's ran plays, and he can kind of understand and how to you know chunk those plays together of what he's already ran. So I think it's. It's a great opportunity for me and the you know the other guys in the rest of the room for sure. Can you win without elite quarterbacking? Uh, I think it's hard. I think you know all the elite players. You know in general, I've you know football is the ultimate team game, and I think you have to have good players, uh, you know, to do so. And uh, I believe that uh, you know to the guy who touches the ball every single play uh, in my mind is the most important guy out there. But uh, you know, I think you need to have a you know a, a quarterback that goes out there and and gives you an opportunity to win, whether that's go out there and make a bunch of wow throws and then carry the team or just do enough that uh, the teammates in the building believe in him. What do you like about your backup quarterback, Jake Mayer, who uh, definitely turned some heads in his first year? I think we're lucky to have a really good, strong room. Uh, I know like we talked about Bo, and then uh, Jake came in and was very businesslike. He works really hard. Uh, You know, I thought, you know, when we saw him, his arm was a lot, you know, uh, more live than I thought it. You know, it's off film, and he works really hard. He treats it like a, you know, he, he works on his, his technique. You know, it's it's a, it's like a swing, and you got to continue to work on it and perfect it. And those guys are doing a you know a really good job of working hard in the off seasons and coming in and and putting in the time in the seasons to stay healthy and to uh, you know also mentally as well to keep up with what's going on. Because as a backup, you know, you never know when your when your number is going to be called and. The moment you start kind of falling behind as a backup, uh, it's going to be when your number's called and there's no time to catch up. Mm -hmm. Uh, The season comes too fast and there's no days off. And we have some other, uh, you know, we have Tommy Stevens coming in, uh, you know, a bit of a NFL pedigree, went to Penn State and Mississippi State, and he'll bring, you know, a little bit of a different dynamic uh, to the room. And I'm sure we'll add one more here before camp. And uh, I couldn't be more excited to get to work with the. the four quarterbacks that'll be at training camp this year. You were a good U sports quarterback. You're an excellent coach. I've talked to Bowie. He loves you. Let me ask you this, though. Your your grandpa has a statue outside of our stadium. Your grandpa, George Reed, two best riders of all time. They're American guys who uh, became kind of Canadian, right? They, they, that's that's how we see them. How do you feel about the, the naturalization of American players uh, eventually, if, if it went that way? You know, I don't, I don't know much about it, but I, I do know that, it, you know, it was a, a rule in the past. You know, I know I think uh, Lancaster played as a Canadian mm-hmm. by the end. And, uh, but I think, you know, whatever makes the game better and whatever, you know, can grow the game, you know, whatever that may be, whether it's this or any of the other things that may or may not be on the table, I think is good. I think the fact that we're always just like an offense or a defense or a player working out in the offseason, I think any time as a league or 
as an offensive structure, as a staff or a quarterback coach, you're looking to, uh, to improve and, you know, make sure that you're not going to get passed by. And I think that, uh, that's good for, for any business or, you know, the CFL. So quickly, we got about a minute left. Do you take some downtime here or, or, or how does your off season work here before you start ramping it up? Well, usually it's pretty good. Usually when the, the season ends, we, you know, we have about a week or two where you kind of put the season to bed and get a head start on free agency. And then right about that time, my family, my, my wife, Janae, and my daughter, Sawyer, are really excited to see me. And then near the end here, more towards <laughs> May, they can't wait for me to get back to work. So that's usually kind of how it works. And, uh, in between there, you got to work on the draft and, and scheme and, you know, incoming free agents. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's work and it's off-season work, but it's lots of fun. And I've always thought the better stuff you do in the off-season gives you a little bit more time to do the important stuff during the season. So I think we're pretty structured up in Calgary. And, and uh, Coach Dickinson, Dave, and, and, and Pat Delmonico do a great job of keeping us on task and uh, getting lots of really good work done in the off-season. All right, man. Thanks for your time. Uh, I was glad we could catch up with you, and hopefully we can again when the season gets going, okay? Sounds good, Balti. Take care. That's Mark Mueller, assistant coach of the Calgary Stampeders.